You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group on the studio in West Monroe. Jake Martin from the Washita Citizen. How you doing this morning, bud? What is happening? Did you have a fantastic weekend? I really did. It was a good, really nice sports weekend. Had some had a lot of baseball stuff going on. I uh, got to watch. Unfortunately, I got to watch my pals yesterday. Yeah. Uh, didn't go the way I wanted it to, but uh, yeah, it was a little disappointing. Big build up, you know, Sunday afternoon. You kind of yeah, plan the day around. Plan it. your schedule around, like oh, this is going to work out nice. Of course, national television, everybody will be glued to see how the pals do. They can make it two in a row against the Warriors, and then uh. yeah, it was not good. I I want to challenge us today though Uh-oh. to talk more about the game. And less about the stuff that happened around the game. Right. Talking about that comedian, I don't even want to say his name. Right. Like, let's not even give him publicity. You want to talk about Kevin Durant? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, is the wife still pregnant? Yes, she is. Okay. It's about to pop. <laughs> the countdown is on. The now. countdown is on. The countdown is on. Uh, so if I just abruptly leave, yeah. you know. In the next couple of weeks, anytime during the show, I'm not being rude. Oh, I thought you were just saying today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's coming today, but uh, yeah, so much so that unfortunately I'm not going to make it to Sulphur this year. Oh. That I'm I'm pretty bummed about that after what happened this weekend. We have a lot of things to break down, a lot of topics to touch on over the course of the next two hours. Of course, we need your help, your assistance. All you got to do is hit us up on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. 888-993-7762, your biggest takeaways from this weekend. So what we're going to do is basically touch on a lot of different things early on, go through the headlines, and then come back later on and then break them all down, correct? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, let's start with the Pels. They're now down 3-1 to one in this series, and I guess a lot of people feel like, well, you know, Pels just pissed off the Warriors in Game 2. Or in Game 3, they pissed them off, and now they're – Golden State rolls in Game Three, one eighteen to ninety-two. Basically, uh, I can agree with that. Um, <laughs> that. Well, there were two things, and we'll get deeper into it later on the show. But for one, they didn't shoot it well. <clears throat> they didn't make the easy baskets around the the rim. That was first of all. Second they shot thirty-six percent on the game. Only the second time this season, the Pels have shot under thirty-eight percent. Yeah, and uh, well, I guess a couple more things. Secondly. The reason for that, too, is because the Warriors did a great job of slowing down the tempo. The Pels could not get out and run. You saw all game. Rondo was out running and looked around and goes, dang, where are the Pelicans? Mm. All I see is Warrior jerseys. So they they did a great job of slowing the Pelicans down. Mm. Uh, the other thing was Kevin Durant is so tough to guard. It's just it, – the Pelicans really don't have an answer for it. And as good as Drew Holiday is at being a defensive presence, he's simply not tall enough. That height advantage is just – and even when Drew does get in his face, there was a – they showed it in slow-mo. Drew puts his hand right in Kevin Durant's face. Kevin Durant can't see a thing, and he still drains the jumper. Mm. 
I mean, he's just that good of a shooter. And you're talking about a team full of shooters like that and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. I mean, the Clay Thompson shot, they showed it about seven times. So if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about, where he caught the ball and he's facing the bench and just jumps in midair and gets square in midair and drain. I mean, you're talking about elite shooters. So that's what's tough about this series. is, And you got to understand that. You got to understand that, yeah, the, the Pelicans blew some opportunities, but they're also playing the best team in the world. More on the Pels uh, later in the show. Of course, now the Warriors have an opportunity to close out the series on Tuesday. Yeah. And the other takeaway from the NBA this weekend LeBron is pretty darn good. LeBron James. Yeah, he is great. And that's that's what and we knew he was great. Are you great. changing your uh, philosophy about how LeBron cannot carry them to the finals or perhaps cannot yeah. carry them to a championship? I'm not changing the championship. Yeah. I still think the Warriors are going to win the championship. But I am changing. <laughs> so it's weird because in the West it's playing out basically how everyone expected. Both the Rockets and the Warriors have a 3-1 lead. Okay, that's not going to surprise anyone. In the East, it shouldn't surprise you that the that the Cavaliers are up, but it should surprise you that they're three and zero. Like that is surprising. The fact that you know LeBron had that amazing game winner in Game Three to give them that three zero lead, but they're up three zero, and then the Celtics are up three zero, and I'm I'm torn because like part of me is like. You know, going into the, both of these series, I, I expected a Sixers-Cavaliers uh, fi- uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and then I expected the Sixers to advance. Obviously, I'm changing that now <laughs> with the way the Boston Celtics have played. I'm not doubting Brad Stevens, but I'm also not doubting LeBron James. So I'm ready for those two forces to meet because Brad Stevens right now, I'll ask you this question, Aaron, and we can get more into it later. If you had to pick between having – for the future, okay, not right now, for the future. If you had to pick between having Brad Stevens be your team's coach or if you had both Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on your team for the future, which way would you go? Ooh, I think I would go Brad Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. And before the series, which way would you have gone? I would have went to Philadelphia. Exactly. That is a nice little question there. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if people want to weigh in, I, I'd love to get y'all. Well, I started thinking about that last week. I don't know what brought it up. I was driving around and, you know, they're talking about NBA coaches. And I was like, well, literally, how many NBA coaches can you name in the league? Uh, yeah, maybe half. <laughs> oh, you think you could name half? Maybe. Uh, I think that'd be a nice test. Name half. Right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> that probably wouldn't be for good radio. But uh, yeah. I, I think that would be a little difficult. I think, I I think could, eight. You, you think eight? Yeah, if that. You could get eight. I guarantee you could get eight. Half, half – I think you might get close to half. Maybe not. You're not a big Houston's NBA, also uh, up on that series three to one versus Utah. That game was also yesterday with the Rockets. <laughs> the biggest thing with LeBron, uh, he said, don't try this at home. Or don't try it at home, his uh, difficult game-winning shot. You know, and what that was what was great is seeing all of the other uh, players from the NBA tweet about it. Yeah. I saw Dirk's tweet. Dirk said, that is a highly difficult shot, and he just made that look easy. I was forcing my wife to watch uh, SportsCenter Sunday morning and re-watching the highlights. And, you know, of course, it all goes back to – why does it always have to be about me? Him, of course, LeBron standing up. And I was yeah. like, well, it, it was a pretty incredible <laughs> shot. I'm going to give him a pass on that one. 
Yeah, you are because not most, not a lot of people are. I think that's just because they don't like LeBron. But when I went to church the next day, a lot of people were like, "Oh, LeBron's all me, me, yeah. me," and I'm like, "Dude, he just had an amazing shot." I mean, just shot. an amazing shot. It wasn't like he was up there for five minutes. It looked like literally for a second or yeah. two. Let him have his moment. It's right. fine. Uh, who else had their moment from this past weekend? Let's talk a little uh, college baseball. Uh, four different series, and I think a lot of them had uh, different surprises. And I think we got to start with ULM. Just the fact that they pick up their first conference sweep since 2014. Who saw this coming? Ah, uh, nobody. <laughs> I think some people would say, well, you know, they scored, what, 15, 16 runs against Coastal Carolina in Game 3. They followed that up with 16 against Grambling. The bats are starting to come to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the most optimistic ULM fans would say, well, they have a shot to, to win this series. But to go out and sweep them and to get the first sweep since 2014, pretty darn impressive for the world. Yeah, and they had 32 hits over the weekend. So speaking to what you were saying about the offense getting going, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome to see. And uh, like you said, first time since 2014. Uh, the good news continues for LSU, who thought that the Tigers would win a series versus Arkansas. They had to, and they did it. Uh, at times it wasn't pretty. And I, I got to tell you, the game two game, I, I kind of had that here we go again moment because I was flipping back and forth between that and uh, Cleveland. And, you know, when Caleb Gilbert comes out of the pen and they're up six to four and Caleb Gilbert just throws six straight balls I, in my head, I'm just like, why can't they close the game out? And and sure enough, they, they went with Peterson after that and he shut them down. He shut Arkansas down and, and got LSU that win. That was huge. And then yesterday, uh, he had some, some big performances on the mound from um, Lavis and uh, Matthew Beck. Matthew Beck was phenomenal down the stretch. And uh, Zach Watson was, was pretty good, minus that little base running blunder. Hmm. A lot of mo uh, positive takeaways that uh, LSU can take away from this. The fact that they win this series, an important series for them. Louisiana Tech, uh, bad series for the pitching staff. I mean, you go into this series and you have – Literally, statistically, the fifth best staff in the country with Team ERA, and you've been ranked first or second for a portion of the year. And then the starters just basically get chased. I don't think a starter made it past four and a third innings in this series. They give up 16 earned runs in a total of 11 and a third innings. Ouch. As Middle Tennessee came in, they'd, uh, and they basically were only averaging about four runs per game and they scored 25 runs in the three games against the diamond dogs yeah so i was listening to some of coach lane burrow's post game um interview yesterday and he said he, he felt the starting pitcher was pretty lethargic all weekend and those stats reveal that you know this isn't the same um pitching numbers that we're used to seeing from louisiana tech so obviously that that's a point of concern and it was a weird weekend too because you had a 15 to 12 game i mean who would have saw that coming uh between louisiana tech and, and, and middle tennessee and now of course they're gonna have to rebound and kind of get things together because it will not be easy this weekend as they travel to southern miss southern miss i believe is something like 20 and 5 at home and have won 13 of the last 15 games arguably the best team they'll play all year Ooh. yeah uh, Grambling, uh, they lost the first two games of their series against Texas Southern. They salvaged the final game. They win a squeaker 7-6. to six. They got a couple of non-conference games this week, and then their tournament in the SWAC actually starts next week. Mm. Lady Textures, of course, you heard from Mark Montgomery last week on the show. They had a big series in El Paso. 
if they won two of three, they would be the regular season champs for the first time in the school's history in Conference USA. And they go out, and they knew it was going to be tough, and El Paso actually sweeps the late texture. So they literally fall from the top seed mm. to number four with postseason play now ready to start. So cruel. Yeah. So cruel. Uh, good news from uh, high school baseball is a majority of our teams had a pretty solid, if not spectacular, quarterfinal rounds. Yeah, so this was – the narrative changes. Because going into this weekend, I think we were kind of down on baseball. We were thinking, man, it just – hasn't been like last year and you know it's kind of looking bleak and then especially when you look at friday thursday and friday you know ocs goes down 0-1 west washington goes down 0-1 thank goodness for three game series in the three game series they both rally and now you've got multiple teams heading down to sulfur and you got to be feeling good about their chances too not just that they're heading down there but you know you got a sterlington team that looks pretty close to invincible right now you've got an OCS team that it was it was more I was really down on their game one performance because I just expected more I just knew that lineup was better than stranding 16 runners on the base and they proved that Saturday they showed that that was a rarity and uh, so they rallied and and, and won both of those games pretty uh, emphatically to, to, to win that series um, and then, you know, West Washita showed off its pitching dominance. If my math is correct, I believe we have seven teams from this area still in the hunt for championships. But from here on out, it's one win or go home. Yeah, yeah you can't afford uh, those those Thursday and Friday games right now. you got to go out there and, and get it done in game one. Uh, go through it real quick, uh, what we got left. we got uh, West Washita as the number four seed. They'll screw up against Benton in number five seed. Uh, that game is... What is that? Friday it's at Friday, Friday yeah. at ten thirty. We got some early games here. Uh, Sterlington, the number one seed, they will play on Thursday at seven thirty. Delta Charter versus Kentwood. Uh, Oak Hill squares off against Shooter. This is actually a Wednesday game at six o'clock down there in Sulphur. Summerfield, a number three seed, still in the hunt for a championship. They will play at two o'clock on Wednesday. Claiborne Christian, the number three seed, they'll take on Northside Christian. That is uh, Wednesday at noon. And then uh, Ascension Catholic will square off against OCS at 5.30 on Wednesday. So would you agree with me that the narrative changes a bit here? Uh, a little yeah, more positive? but still, let's just still pump the brakes a little bit. It's uh, still only the quarterfinals. Victories. It's not yeah, like they, they advanced thought, all the way to the I'm finals. saying, like, we thought we were sending a lot less to Sulphur yeah. than what we actually are. Not a bad showing. Uh, speaking of a good showing, how about the Kentucky Derby? Oh, brother, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Well, you were working. I was working. Uh, I'll give you the lowdown on it, Justify One. And it was exciting. <laughs> that was a good lowdown. Uh, the coverage started at one thirty. Yeah. Did you watch from one? I was in for a majority that of it. That is sad. Do I have a problem? Yes. That's very sad. The good news is I did figure out how to gamble uh, through the phone. So I didn't know this, but you can horse – you can bet on horse racing in Louisiana. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I've done it a couple of years ago. It didn't work last year. This year it worked. Around the, around the Kentucky Derby time, though, it got a little difficult trying to get a wager or two in. I bet. There you go. I broke even, for the record. Well, good for you. Yes. We're happy for you. 888-993-7762. If you have a few headlines or two that we missed, certainly hit us up. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Painter. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Let's go crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. I uh, just have two guests on today. Uh, 
Brian Cross from ULM's Basketball uh, will join us at 745. He has a new title. He is the associate head coach. He will join us at 745. Of course, the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, will join us for his weekly visit coming up at 830. And we've got so much to discuss. We've just barely gotten into what all went down this weekend. Coming up, we'll dive into the Pels. We'll talk about NBA playoffs. We'll, we'll, we'll go further into the high school ranks as well because I want to talk about some of those games that, that happened over the weekend. Your calls, your texts, always welcome. 888-993-7762. We're off and running on the morning drive on this Monday morning. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self. Maybe even better, whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. Friday night, the Peach Radio will rock the railroad 6 to 8 p.m. with a free concert. We're gonna rock this town and rock it inside out. Hey, y'all. My name's Judge McGee, and I'm back with a brand new song. Bring the whole family out for a Unity in the Community concert from Judge and the Jury. Friday night, 6 to 8 p.m., Rustin will be rocking with a Peach listener appreciation Unity in the Community free concert featuring Judge in the Jury. Beverages for purchase provided by Ponchatoulas to include beer, wine, and grown-up peach iced tea. Come show up and show out. North, South, East, West. Unity in the community. Nothing but peach and love. Ain't no party like a peach party. Come on out and get your blues on with Judge and the Jury this Friday as the peach rocks the railroad. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. we got some odds and ends we'll get into over the weekend. Of course, uh, in your text, 888-993-7762. Tim, always trying to give a dig whenever he can, says, isn't the pattern to talk about the sport after it's over for weeks? So, softball this week. Um, I would rather softball than horse racing. Talk, oh so. man, are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> just not yeah. into the horse racing. I'm yeah. sorry. 
I hate to uh, inform you of that. Break break some news for you. Quint says, do the Raptors realize that the NBA doesn't give out participation trophies? I hope they realize that. But, uh, yeah, they're at least getting a nice rub from uh, all the LeBron talk. Where would you like to go here? You want odds and ends or you want to talk NBA you want to talk Pels? You, you can give us your odds and ends, and then we'll get into some NBA talk. All right. Uh, I will go race, horse racing here. Uh, of course you will. All, at the Selma racetrack uh, somewhere in Texas, uh, a lady put down 18 bucks. It was a pick five. So you basically have to win five races in a row, pick the winner five races in a row at Churchill Downs at Kentucky Derby. So she put down $18. Okay. She picked every single race right. How much did she win? Take a guess. For on an eighteen dollar bet, eighteen dollars. This is five different races. Yeah, five races at Churchill Downs. I, I don't even have an idea. I'm, I'm going to say a thousand dollars. One point two million. What? That would probably give horse racing a little bit of an edge over softball. You think? <laughs> what? So. I mean, I guess that shows the you the difficulty to win five straight races. Sure. And then, of course, there was a number of uh, the leading up to the the big race. There was a number of upsets, including uh, one horse was forty to one to win, and she picked that horse to win. Do you have all the odds? I'm really intrigued by this. It's just the fact that you know, I, it's so it's essentially it's like a parlay bet. Yeah, right? you got to pick five races correct in a row. Man, I think it was uh, eight through twelve. Is what it had to be some. Some big time odds to get it up to one point two million. Yeah, it can't just be like forty to one. Like that's not mm-hmm. going to get you there. Uh, the best part of this story, uh, there's a picture of her, but of course her last name not released. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I wouldn't release that either. All right, uh, better who asked not to be identified, but posed for a photo with the uh, general manager at the track. There, pick the winners in the eighth. A limousine liberal was four to one. The ninth uh, horse was eight to one. The eleventh. Uh, Yoshida was ten to one, and then of course that one, uh, well, Justify was literally three to one. But the, the one handicap where oh, Funny Duck, <coughs> the Pat Day Mile tenth race of the day was a uh, forty to one. Still pretty good, eighteen dollar bet. Yeah, that's not a bad weekend 1. at all. One point two million. That's well, awesome. a lot of people are bashing the uh, pre-race coverage, and of course I was all in, pretty much watched the majority of it. Started at one thirty. Actually started on MSNBC or NBC Sports. Uh, the pre-race coverage. Over I'm there. curious to see these ratings for the <laughs> pre-race. So they're bashing the coverage and saying that they tried to dumb down the coverage because <laughs> there's so many hardcore horse races. Yeah, well that's right. So the the problem with it was great. It was fantastic. I mean they had that trick tire track covered with uh, the different angles but they give way too much you know air time to that uh tara lipinski and johnny muir guy and every time i see that johnny muir you know who this guy is right he's the a little over the top yeah uh, he's a, well you should he's a, a figure skater so i'm sure you were all in when he was competing <laughs> every time absolutely. i see him and of course he's wearing this headdress and these wild outfits and i'm thinking that right there is what i think of when i think of a professional athlete <laughs> <laughs> is he so people don't like him because he's just too flamboyant? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. There's my Kentucky re- uh, Derby recap. Uh, other things that certainly stood out from this past weekend, and you have to mention LeBron and just that yeah. shot. And, and in that moment, to do what he did, pretty darn incredible. Tiger Woods, uh, a lot of buildup going into Sunday. And I have no reason why. There, you know, that's just because it was Tiger. I mean, he was literally in 31st place going into the final round. So he goes into the final round. 
He does not have a birdie yesterday. Only the 11th time in his career he went an entire round in a PGA event and did not have a birdie. Hmm. Intriguing. Uh, what do you make of uh, the news, of course, that uh, Booger McFarlane has uh, landed himself a nice new gig, and it sounds like a pretty good one at that. As he makes his way into Monday Night Football, he will be a field analyst. I think he's going to get burnt out. If he's, going, if he's doing all the college football stuff as well, he's going to be doing a lot of traveling. Hmm. I don't know if Booger's going to – I just have a feeling Booger's going to get burnt out on him. A uh, pretty good uh, rise for uh, Booger in yeah. the broadcasting world, though. Not bad. Former uh, Winsboro standout. Other things that stood out, uh, and we have to mention this, we should have included it in our headlines, uh, state track and field championships, yes. and, of course, uh, Mondo Duplantis. He goes into this, Stud. and we've heard a lot of different things about he's one of the premier high jumpers literally in the country, no matter the age. And you're wondering how much would he put into his uh, performance at the LHSA championships. He's also competing, was competing in the 100-meter dash. He was competing against himself. In the pole vault, correct. Yes. But he did go into the 100 uh, as one of the top times, I believe, in the state. Mm-hmm. So he goes out. The entire stadium is watching him. And what does he do? Jumps over a house, pretty much. 19.5 and a half, a new record. That's incredible. Junior record, not just the state That's record. a world junior yeah. record. Yeah, it's a world record. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's why, for, for any of you LSU baseball fans, that's why you have to hear about Mondo just about every broadcast because he is that good. That's Every time Antoine comes up, I feel like they're like, oh, his younger brother Mondo. He's, he's starting to become Mondo's older brother. And then, of course, he goes out and runs the 100, but uh, he did not realize how much energy – an effort that he exerted in the pole vault, and I think he ended up finishing eighth. But, I mean, come on. Oh, that was awesome. Cut him some slack. Oh, legend. Yeah. He's a legend. Have you watched the footage of it yet? Yeah, I have. It's really impressive. It really is. I uh, can't break it down. I don't know that much about pole He cleared the bar. <laughs> he cleared the bar. I can tell you that much. But, uh, yeah. Expert analysis there from uh, Jake Martin. Yeah. Uh, other things that stood out from this uh, past weekend, you did see the Bay Area sports anchor that uh, allegedly stole the jacket. Yes, yes. From Steph Curry's right. basic personal uh, security or the team security guard. There's uh-huh. a story about a week, a week and a half ago. He has now uh, been let go. He's parted ways with the TV station. Could have saw that coming. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Talk about uh, ruining your career. He'd been with him a long time. A no. former wide receiver in the National Football Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Mm. Uh, other things that stood out. How about the story with the, the Carnival Cruise down in New Orleans? And a lot of people listening have probably been on this cruise, the Western Caribbean cruise, a seven-day cruise, uh, a pipe burst. So uh, it affected uh, 50 rooms. So if you're one of those 50 rooms and all of a sudden you see a bunch of water, how nervous would you be uh, you start on a ship? Back to the movie Titanic and yeah. you start panicking. Yeah. yeah, I would panic a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, the good news is it was just a, a pipe bursting. They were moved to uh, the spa where they put up uh, cots for the people that were affected. And then they were basically offered uh, their money back, then a 50% off their next cruise and a flight home once they docked at their next stop. Yes, please. They offered it to literally 100 guests. Only two took them up on the deal. The rest of y'all are suckers. I'd have took that. 
Well, you cut you your, get half off on this one? You, you cut your vacation short. No, you get all your money back. You get back. all your money back on this yeah. one, and then you can take a half off cruise. Yes, but you're invested in your future. As soon as you ported somewhere, then they were going to fly you back. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And they pay for that? Mm. Well, come on. You're making money off this deal. It said most of the guests on board were not even aware of the incident until the last 24 hours. Those are where the words circulated around the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jake, you're going to cut your vacation short just because of a little water. If it was in my room, probably. Uh, the next day, the next night, uh, those guests were back in their rooms as they had the issue resolved. So where'd they sleep that night? I told you, in the spa. They put up cots in the spa. No. Send me, send me home. <laughs> Give me my airfare. Uh, there's a couple odds and ends from this weekend. My biggest takeaways. That was good, Aaron. Yeah, that's what I try to do. Well. Except the dumbing down the Kentucky Derby coverage. And Aaron Rodgers and, of course, Von Miller were there, and they interviewed them also. Oh, great. They yeah. knew even less about horse racing than you. Oh, well, that's, I don't know. That's pretty challenging. We'll dive back into the major storylines after the break. You can hit us up at 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive, back after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. The all-new Yard Power of Monroe, Northeast Louisiana's only Cub Cadet dealer. Your Cub Cadet Superstore is holding a big open house this Saturday where you can save 15% on all Cub Cadet Pro Z mowers. That could mean up to $1,800 in savings. Big discounts on a great selection, even red tag special deals on closeout inventory. So remember YP, Yard Power, on Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. All right, we just told the story about the cruise down there and, of course, the option that they gave several guests that they could just basically cut their vacation short. They'd fly them back home. And I said, no way. I just, you know, you, you prepare and you save up all year for this trip. I'm not cutting my short, my trip short. And uh, Randy agrees, says, with Jake, because Jake said he would take the money and he would uh, head home. Because I'm smart. Randy says, there's a millennial for you. Suck it up. 
Nope, I'm just smarter. And I will add, suck it up, Buttercup. Hmm. You can get half. You can pay half for what you paid for this one. Yeah, for the next time. But yeah. you have to live in the moment. I mean, you, most of <laughs> you us can... only get one vacation a year. I want to enjoy it while I can. Well, how many days were they on this uh, cruise? Seven when... days. I don't know how long they were out in the sea when it happened. <clears throat> okay, so yeah. let's just assume two days maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you got a two-day cruise mm-hmm. plus half a price uh, seven-day cruise yeah. for the future. Uh-huh. It's just smarter. Yeah. Well, wait another year for your vacation then, buddy. Hey, uh, Gary cool says, I can't believe AD didn't mention UCLA winning Beach Volleyball National Championship. Come on. I mentioned that. Did you? Yeah. Oh, we, uh, none I, of us were paying No, attention. I said I, I missed that. I'm sorry. I, uh, I missed that. I did watch a little rodeo last night, though, from Vegas. It was good. <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Can uh, we get into some yes, Pell's talk, please? Please, sir. Oh, Hogan says, I'm heartbroken on why Arkansas can't beat LSU in baseball, yeah. even when we are ranked number four. Yeah, it's a problem, Hogan. I don't know what is up there. Is that now 14 of 16? I think it's 14 of 16 last uh, regular season games. Mm. Something like that. It's kind of crazy. Mm. All right. <clears throat> Pelicans. So we mentioned earlier that, you know, this is a loss happens when you can't. Uh, make these easy layups near the basket, and when you shoot, was it 36% in the game? And when you simply don't come out with that same defensive intensity, man, they they look so lackadaisical on defense, especially in that first quarter, the Pelicans did. I was just kind of rolling my eyes going, who is this team? I don't recognize them. They didn't play nearly as good defense as they did in, in Game three, and even game two, I thought game two, they played good defense, but the Warriors just shot it really well. Maybe Golden State's just that good. Well, that's part of it, too. But if you don't defend, I mean, the Warriors shouldn't have as many open threes as they had. I mean, come on, they didn't have those open shots in game three. That said, I think it was the ultimate compliment from Steve Kerr that he decided to go with that Hampton lineup. The Hamptons is the the lineup where they switch uh, JaVale McGee for Andre Iguodala. So they've got their four all-stars and Iguodala on the floor. And, uh, you know, playing smaller. And that, you know, they came out flat in game three, but they did not in game four. The Warriors were just red hot, hitting all kinds of shots. They shot actually 61% in the first quarter. So they jumped all over the Pelicans. The Pelicans did make their way back into the game. And especially whenever Draymond Green got that technical, which I found uh, hilarious, by the way, because I didn't think, you know, he was mad because AD was was not called for the foul. AD he was guarding AD on the low block, and um, he felt that AD pushed off, and so he jumps to his feet after AD makes an easy layup, and he does the gesture with his arm where he's pushing his elbow out. And I don't know if the ref thought he was pointing to him or if he said something while – I'm sure Draymond did say something while he was showing the gesture. Um, but he got he got a technical for that. And I thought it was funny. He goes over to the, si- to the sideline and uh, to the bench area, and, and Steve Kerr immediately uh, just greets him and shakes his hand and laughs it off because that's what he said. Steve Kerr said the best stat of the series was that Draymond hadn't gotten a technical yet. Well, there that went. So the Pelicans get it to four. And then the third quarter starts, and it was just like the first quarter. I mean, the, the Warriors were just hot. And it was like I said, it comes down to 
not really having an answer for Kevin Durant. Mm. He is that good. And, you know, if you looked at it, they tried Drew on him. It's, you know, Drew's a great defender. He really is, but he just doesn't have enough length to, to really disrupt him. And then they tried Anthony Davis at one point, and Kevin Durant just steps back and drains a three. So it's kind of like, what can you do? How can you defend this guy? Um, and, and, and the Pelicans don't really have an answer for that. When you hear the news that Draymond Green was up all night in New Orleans, you think that's probably in the favor of the Pels, right? You would think, but it's not. But well, you know, you got to give a little bit more than that. Well, that's that's the tease there. Though. You think, oh yeah, Draymond's having a good time in the Big Easy. It was not that case. Four a.m. in the morning, he say, basically says, "I can't sleep when we lose like that." So what does he do? He starts uh, texting. He texts a lengthy text to Kevin Durant, and basically, uh, Green says, "I just challenged him to be who he is. I had to tell him." I didn't see him attacking or being aggressive enough on both sides of the floor like we need him to be. You know, I don't hold back. When I see something that's wrong, I have to voice my opinion. There are no hard feelings. We're just trying to win the ball game. So then Durant wakes up. He sees the text. How does it go over? Well, he replies with, I got you. Then, of course, he goes out and he scores 38 points in a 26-point victory. And he was vocal. I, so you could really hear him in the third quarter because the crowd got silent as the Warriors kept pulling away. You could hear KD all over the floor just yelling stuff to his teammates as far as getting in position on defense and, you know, telling them good job when they did make some good plays. But I, I just thought he was much more engaged. And, again, when he's going and then you've got, you know, some of the, some of the others making the plays that they're making, they're going to get theirs. They're the Warriors. They have the best, you know, shooters probably we've ever seen. I mean – some some might argue with that, but definitely some of the best. And uh, when KD gets going like that, man, it's just you can't slow him down. All right, you want a couple? Uh, well, first of all, the bad news with the Pels. I mean, literally, when you only shoot thirty six percent from the field, just the second time all season you shot under thirty eight percent, you're not going to win the ball game. No, especially against the Warriors. And then uh, seventeen assists is all the Pels had in the loss. Only the uh, tenth time all year that they recorded less than 20 assists in one ball game. The good news is nobody's talking about the disparity on free throw attempts, right? Yeah. Uh, they had 24 of 30 attempts for New Orleans. The Warriors were uh, 15 of 18 from the charity strike. Yeah, the Pelicans weren't great offensively, but I think you got to give a lot of credit to the Warriors. Again, I mean, they, they really slowed down the Pelicans, and their half-court offense was just – not inspiring. It was it was not great. Uh, the other good news, a uh, sellout there at the Smoothie King Center. And, of course, uh, the Warriors giving kudos to the crowd. Durant's quote here, this place is a crazy environment. That's, that's fun. That's good to see. I mean, you want to win the series. You don't want it to be like, oh, well, at least we showed up and tried. But, unfortunately, now it shifts back for uh, – Yeah. And, look, I think this was all gravy. I, I really do. I'm not just saying this now because the Pelicans are down 3-1. I said this from the beginning. So you're basically saying it's over. There's no chance that they win one game. They win the, the next game and extend this series one I, I mean, they might could extend the series, but they're not winning the series. Well, how many games no. in a row now has Golden State won at home during the playoffs? Something like 15 in a row? I, I wanted to say 15. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, but, yeah, I, I I viewed this as gravy to begin with. You're in, you didn't get swept. You're in the second round. You're in an important series. 
good, good for the Pels. This is great. This is a great building block. You, you bring back Boogie next year, hopefully, fingers crossed, and then you see what you can do. What about our Astros update, our Houston Astros? I thought you were in charge of that today. Oh. Uh, they lost 2-3 <laughs> or three versus Arizona. They only scored, I believe, uh, four runs in the entire series. They are now a, a game back. They're 21-15 and 15 overall for the year. If you're keeping track now, our Houston Astros have lost five of their last six games. They are on the road, continues tonight as they square off against Oakland. Hey, speaking of odd storylines, I should have brought this up in the last segment. Did you see the Celtic Sixers ending of game three? Well, I guess you say ending of regulation where Marco Bellinelli hits the 22-foot, 22-footer and uh, they release the confetti. Mm. Problem was they were going to overtime, and the confetti guy was wearing a shirt that said "Breaking news: I don't care." <laughs> Does the confetti guy still have a job? I don't know, but he got a lot of uh, pub this this past weekend just because he he really didn't care, and, and um, he apparently said something to the score uh, score table as well, just like showing that he does not care what he does. But I thought that was funny. Um, Another thing with the NBA, and this might stir up something on the text line. We talked about how great LeBron was about that game winner. Does this reopen the conversation about him and MJ? That's just what I'm asking because it seems like that's kind of gone mom after they lost to the Warriors. Remember, it was at a at all-time height. Yeah. Everybody wanted to compare. Everybody wanted to, to bring this up. And then when – they didn't beat the Warriors. It's just you hadn't really heard any talk of it since. Is this going to start bringing that back into the fold? Because you know. If he takes this group of misfits all the way to the finals and he puts up a fight against Golden State. Yeah. I mean, they can't get swept. Somebody said uh, we should adopt another baseball team so that the Astros can start I'm looking winning that again. Up. Oh, somebody else mentioned, yeah, I messed this up. Good for me to give a stat wrong. They scored eight runs in that first game against Arizona. So that stat about them only scoring four runs was incorrect. Brother. (laughs) That was four uh, runs that they scored in their last two games against Arizona. Of course, against the Diamondbacks, they got off to a great start as they won eight to nothing. That is the kind of coverage you can anticipate from the morning drive for our Houston. That's Astros. right. We'll give you stats that you don't even know are we'll true. Just make up stuff. That's, that's right. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody follows the Astros like us. Uh, that's horrible. Well, nobody nobody said we were known for our MLB talk. All right, let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we're going to shift gears. Uh, Ryan Cross from uh, ULM Basketball will join us after the break. If you have a question or comment, hit us up at 888-993-7762. We're back after this. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. Don't miss out on huge savings as we celebrate our 40th birthday. Wow, 40 years since my dad founded our company. 
Prices have never been better during our celebration. See us today at Greg Tilly's in Bossier City for your new home. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklets. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want. At Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, Aaron. And uh, what's your name, Jake? Hanging out here in the Caldwell Baker Group One. Maybe too many mint juleps this weekend, you think? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Watching too much horse racing. It's frying <laughs> yes. your brain. Uh, John Tabor uh, doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. And on the Stuart Shelby Hotline, Ryan Cross, new associate head coach of ULM basketball. I say new. He's been around there for six years and does a fabulous job. But he has a new title, and it is associate head coach. How are you doing this morning, coach? Good. How are you guys? Good. Before we get into the Warhawks, i got to ask you, are you a big NBA fan? Are you watching a lot of the postseason? Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a huge NBA fan, but, I, you know, I grew up in northeast Ohio, so I do – I've been following the Cavs my whole life, and and so I do, I do tune in every night the Cavs play, and obviously right now I think we're we're watching uh, greatness like maybe we've never seen before. The the performance LeBron's been putting on in these playoffs has really been uh, really been kind of remarkable. On a scale of one to ten on difficulty level, that game winning shot that he had, where would you rank it? There's not a lot of guys that can make that shot, you know. He was he was going to his left, and he kind of twisted a little bit in the air, and and you know that had to be at least a nine and a half on a scale of one to ten. Uh, you said this could be a performance in historic levels, and of course it's the age old debate. If you were drafting, would you take uh, LeBron over MJ? Boy, that's a that's a tough call. I mean, you know, I think they're uh, you know I hear people make that argument all the time you know who's who's the better of the two they're they're obviously both you know tremendous players um you know i personally i would take lebron over michael but i i take them 1a and 1b all right coach uh you've been around this program for a while now what uh six years uh, you don't get a lot of fanfare for what you do but you are pretty much uh the, the thing that holds together with you and coach richard uh, you get a new title last week, associate head coach. Why was this important for you? Well, I just, I, I you know, I certainly appreciate the uh, the title and you know the recognition I guess for uh, for for being here for six years and you know helping coach turn this program around. Uh, 
you know, I don't think it really changes anything as far as uh, my responsibilities and 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 what I try to bring to the table. But it, it is nice to get, you know, recognition um, for for your tenure and for uh, the job that I think we've done here uh, at ULM. You guys inherited a royal mess there. Did you realize how bad of a situation it was when you took over? You know, you know, Coach Richard and I, uh, you know, we've had a long history together. And his first two years, I wasn't with him, and you know, but I still talked to him on a weekly basis. And I and I knew he really had an uphill uh, battle. He was trying to climb, and with the APR issues, and and uh, I didn't really realize. I got here, how how challenging it was going to be, but it was certainly a, a challenge, and and uh, you know we had some we had some uh, restrictions as far as who we could recruit, how we could recruit the the type of player we've recruited, and and uh, it was it was tough, but I but I think um, I think we it, it forced us to recruit a certain type of kid and. Because of that, you know, we've had 25 straight players graduate, and um, we'll have a few more graduate this year. And it's forced us to uh, recruit probably differently than, than the other people in the league. But I think we've proven that um, that, that we can recruit, you know, uh, a kid that, that not only um, is, is a good enough player to help us compete in the Sunbelt Conference, but a kid that sincerely wants to earn a degree from – from ULM and, you know, sincerely wants to, um, to do well academically. And, and, uh, so we, you know, it's forced us to recruit, you know, probably different than the people in our league, but I think, I think we've proven that, that it's possible to recruit that way and still have success, um, on the court. Three trips in the last uh, four years in postseason play. How has this program evolved in the last six years as you being a part of the staff? Well, you know, one thing, one thing that I think we've done a good job of, and it's really, uh, I credit Coach Richard, you know, for his, his vision is we're really open minded to anything in recruiting. You know, I know a lot of, a lot of programs, they, they just recruit, you know, a certain area or a certain, you know, high school, JUCO, whatever, you know, they just recruit a certain type of kid. And we've been open minded to pretty much anything. And, you know, one thing that I think has really helped us is we've hit on some international kids. And, you know, an international guy's led us, I, I think it's been five years in a row now that we've had an international guy lead us in scoring. Uh, several of those guys have been all-conference players. And, you know, going back to Tyler Ongwai, I thought he was kind of the first key recruit. Um, and then Majuk Dang and then obviously Sam McDaniel and Travis Munnings, um, you know, those those international guys have really given us um they've been you know all conference players and they've given us a player that you know is one of the top you know 10 or 15 players in the league each year and that's really helped us probably more than anything and then you 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 tack on some of the other guys that that we've brought into the program you know nick capola comes to mind you know he was a guy that wasn't very heavily recruited um kind of played with a chip on his shoulder, tremendous competitor, uh, had a really nice career for us. Um, you know, and, and hopefully Mike Ertle can follow along in those in those same lines. You know, he wasn't real heavily recruited, but, um, you know, tremendous worker, um, tremendous competitor, uh, puts forth, you know, the work every day. And, and, 
you know, you saw it pay off this year with a, with a freshman of the year um, in the Sun Belt. Ryan Cross, ULM Associated Head Coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, you mentioned the international play, so take us behind the, you know, the screen or, or the, how it all happens. Do you get tipped off? Is it connection sources? And then are you basically looking at some grainy footage trying to figure out who these guys are and how to recruit them? You know, one thing that's probably, um, you know, there's some programs out there that really do recruit international, um, but they're programs where they really have the money to, you know, go overseas and mm-hmm. see these kids face-to-face. And we've had to kind of do it a different way. You know, a lot of it's done uh, through film. And, you know, we've had to we've had to put some of those kids in, in junior colleges. And, you know, Travis was at a prep school here in the U.S., um, so we've had to kind of do it an alternate route, but, you know, it kind of starts with connections and people that I've gotten to know over the years, um, just developing relationships and whatnot in recruiting and then, you know, watching film and, and, and then trying to, uh, help place, uh, most kids at junior colleges and whatnot, and then following them in their, in their two years in junior college and, and hope that, hope that you still end up getting them, you know, two years later. So it's, it's, it's really a, it, it's quite a process. You know, you start off with a kid and, and you help place him uh, somewhere here in the U.S. And you hope that, you know, they remain loyal to you and you hope that they kind of stay under the radar so that you can still get them a couple years later. So you want them to develop. You just don't want them to have too much success where they blow up and then, of course, uh, they go somewhere else. It's got to be a tough situation. No, no question, you know, and, you know, I, I laugh sometimes, you know, when we're out in the summer and we're out recruiting, you know, and you, you, you find a kid that you like, you're, you're almost hoping that they don't play well so other people don't like them too, you know. And I, I remember um, seeing Mike Girdle, for example, at a uh, in an AAU tournament, and, you know, he really caught my eye and I liked him. And then the more I watched him, the more there was other coaches sitting around watching too, and you kind of hope that they don't see what, what you see and, and uh, you can still end up, you know, signing signing the, the player. Unfortunately, you know, there's going to be some criticism out there, and the, the biggest knock I hear against you guys is the fact that, well, they're not recruiting local kids to play in their program. And most of those people, I tell them, well, I see Ryan Cross, I see Keith Richard out at local games. It's not like they're doing their research and not knocking on the doors of local kids. Has it just been so far the case where there hasn't been the right fit yet? Yeah, you know, we, 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 we have recruited a few local kids, and it just hasn't hasn't worked out, um, you know, whatever the reason. Um, there's a couple local kids um, this year, a couple North Louisiana kids that we're going to recruit. And, you know, but we have had um, DeMondre Harvey was from Minden. You know, Justin Roberson was from Natchitoches. Um, we have had a few local kids that just, you know, we haven't necessarily had a, a Monroe kid, but it's not for lack of effort, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we, we would love to, to sign local players. Um, you know, it just has to be the right fit for our university and for our program and, you know, both academically and athletically, you know. And, and um, you know, it just has, we, just haven't, we just haven't had that guy, um, you know, a, a Monroe kid in the last five or six years. And, and, but there has been a lot of good players in this area over the years, um, and we were at Louisiana Tech. We had some local guys, and and uh, but the but but it just kind of goes in cycles. And 
hopefully, um, hopefully here in the near future, we will land, uh, you know, a local kid. Speaking of the right fit, you guys have certainly made it work with you and uh, Coach Richard. Uh, we all know that he is ultra competitive, and usually you are his sounding board. How have you guys made it work for the past six years and then, of course, the time you spent previously? Well, you know, Coach and I, Coach and I have kind of a long history together. Um, my first job out of college was for a guy uh, named Steve Forbes, who's now the head coach at East Tennessee. And, and uh, when I was uh, the head coach at Chipola Junior College, uh, Steve was working for Coach Richard at, at Tech, and, and um, they, they signed four or five of my players at Chipola. And then, obviously, when Steve left, um, you know, I, I went to work for Coach at Louisiana Tech. So we've got a long history together. I think I understand him. I understand, you know, what he wants his team to look like, um, the type of player he, he wants in his program. And, and – and uh, I do my best to try to put, you know, that type of team together for him. And I just think I understand him. I understand him as a coach, and and uh, I understand what he's looking for um, in a student athlete. And and just years of experience being around him and understanding him helps me, you know, probably more so than than other than than other people just because of the the history we've had together and the the, the number of years I've. I've been around him. I love watching your guys' uh, quote discussions on the sidelines and how sometimes it feels like you're able to defuse him or kind of talk him down off the ledge a couple times. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes it's heated, but, you know, I understand. I understand. He's a competitive guy. He It's just the heat of the moment. Um, and, um, you know, I try to be a, I try to be a, a voice of reason at times. You know, I think as an assistant coach, you know, it's your job to kind of keep your composure and keep a level head, you know, during the games and and just try to be a sounding board for for your head coach because um, you know I think I, I've been a head coach not not at this level but at the junior college level and the high school level and I and I do understand there's a there's a huge difference you know when you slide over one seat and you stand up and you're actually calling the timeouts and and uh there's a huge difference in in the pressure on you and 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 whatnot during the game and and just you know making making all the decisions during the game that's a huge responsibility and i i do understand what goes on um as the head coach so i think that helps me as an assistant to um to understand you know the shoes he's wearing and, and try to help him, you know, during the games. Uh, one final thing, coach, and I know you got a, a great kid coming in or is on, was on with you guys this past year practicing from Wichita state uh, transfers becomes, uh, remains a major talking point in college basketball. There are a number of them out there. How has that kind of changed the dynamic of recruiting now? You know, I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely changed the dynamics in recruiting. Um, you know, first of all, we, we haven't been hit, um, you know, too bad uh, by the transfer thing um, as far as players leaving our program. You know, Deshaun's really the, the first um, transfer that we've had coming in. We, we actually signed a graduate transfer this year as well, which will be the first grad transfer we've had. Um, you know, I, I think it's changed in this sense. I think it's it's caused recruiting to kind of go later and later into the summer. I think it's also um, 
you know, in, in the past, junior college kids were kind of over-recruited a little bit in the spring, and I think now there's there's still some really good junior college players available because I think the bigger programs are 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 scouring around for the the transfers and and um, you know the grad transfers and whatnot. So I, I just think it's changed the whole. Uh, dynamic of recruiting it's it's forced it to go later and later uh in the spring and and even into the summer i think it's i think it's you know there's a trickle down effect you know in the past you know a high major program may have taken a junior college kid where now they're maybe taking a a grad transfer or a, a transfer from another division one program so you know there's always that trickle down effect and it it it, it helps us you know, still, you know, it's all relative. At the end of the day, you know, we're still, we still got to find the right guy that fits our program, and they're still out there. There's players out there, and you know, I, I laugh. I hear uh, one of Coach's famous quotes to me is, you know, they're out there because we're playing against them. So, mm-hmm. and and that's true. You know, there, there's players out there. There's good players out there because we play against them every night. You know, it's just our job to to find them and find the right guys that can help us compete in this league. Ryan Cross, congratulations on, on the new title. I agreed with everything you said besides the fact that you take LeBron over Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, he, uh, he's he got a chance to, to kind of cement his legacy uh, here in the next few weeks. If he can get this team uh, back to the finals, I, I think he he definitely proves that he's worthy of being in the conversation. You didn't say anything about winning the finals. You just said getting to the finals. <laughs> I don't know if they can win it. I, I, you know, okay. I'm, I'm hoping they can get back. <laughs> Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Have a great summer. All right, you too. Thank you. Ryan Cross, associate head coach of the Yellow Bass. Oh, bringing in the LeBron, MJ. I'm glad he – at first I thought he was going to just say, oh, you know, they're both great players. Yeah. thought he wasn't going to choose. I'm he said 1A, 1B. He still said he would take LeBron over. You pushed him, you know. He said he would take LeBron. Listen, so here's some numbers real quick before we get a break. LeBron is averaging this in the postseason right now in in these playoffs. 34.8 points per game, 9.5 rebounds, 8.8 assists. That's not too shabby. Now, as someone suggested, go look at his playoff crunch time numbers. And, of course, ESPN compared the two, LeBron and MJ. LeBron now has connected on his seventh career go-ahead shot in the final five seconds of the fourth quarter slash overtime in his playoff career. His two buzzer beaters this postseason alone are one shy of NJ's career playoff total. Can I make the argument, though, there's no pressure when the game is tied? Uh, wait, what? Well, when the, you know it's going to go to overtime or you're going to I thought you were going to make the argument that MJ didn't have to do that because he was already winning. Uh, well, that would be a good argument, too. What's uh, LeBron's record in the finals? You know, and we can go a whole other way there because did MJ have to beat the Golden State Warriors? That's right. 888-993-7762. The 7 o'clock hour is in the books. Plenty coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, including your calls, your texts. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.